So it's no secret that I love Star Trek. Star Trek uh, is dear to my heart. It has been since I was a kid. I was there in 1966 when it happened. I remember as a very young child actually going to my Uncle Larry's house so we could watch Star Trek on a color television set. So I have real memories of Star Trek etched in there. Uh, there's something that happened after 1969, after Star Trek was canceled after only 79 episodes. There was a wide gulf time that had no Star Trek, except there was Star Trek in the written form. And so tonight, on this episode of The Eclectic Monk, I want to share with you my favorite Star Trek book of all time and why those books were so important to me. Stick around. I think you'll find it kind of interesting. Be right back. I love Star Trek, like I said before. Uh, and there was this period of time that if you were alive when I was, Star Trek didn't happen. It was canceled in 1969 after only 79 episodes. A few years after that, there was uh, a very short-run animated series that lasted, I think, one season. And that was it. After that, there was no Star Trek. There was rumors of a second television program. There were always rumors of a movie that might be happening. But there was really nothing that was going on. So somewhere would have had to be around 1975, uh, 74, 75. I was 11, 12 years old. And um, my mom walked in with a bag of books that had the covers ripped off of them. See, back in the day, uh, and they may still do this today, if books sit in the bookstore and don't sell, then the bookstore owner can rip the covers off, send them back into the publisher for credit, and then they just dispose of the books because they're no good for anything. Now I'm sure they would you know, chop them up, recycle them, and you know, use them for paper cups or toilet paper or something. But back in the day, they would just throw them away. And somehow or another, my mom came up with this bag of books with no covers. And one of those books was a book called Spock Must Die. Spock Must Die by James Blish. Uh, this was the first book published. It was actually published in 1970. And it was the book, first book published that was Star Trek, but never an episode on television. Now, Starting in 1967, James Blish had been doing a series of adaptations on the scripts. So he took all of the scripts. There are actually 12 volumes of Star Trek adapted by James Blish, and it's actually the television scripts that he took, James Blish, well-known science fiction author, and then he took them and turned them into narrative form. So reading these was like reading the television show. Uh, they were episodes from the show. But Spock Must Die, my coverless book, was the first book that came out uh, in 1970 that did not ever see air. Written by James Blish, who had been writing these script adaptations for several years. So, um, and I loved it. 
And suddenly, I had this book that was Star Trek, but it wasn't anything I'd ever read before. And I discovered uh, there in 1970 that um, Bantam Books, so it's a, a paperback book publisher, had begun publishing a series of Star Trek novels. Um, and the very best one that they published, and I believe might have been the first one that they published, was a book called Star Trek The New Voyages. Star Trek The New Voyages. This is a reissue, so it's a, the cover is wrong. Uh, the original cover was much different. It didn't even have the Enterprise on it. It was a, a, a spaceship on the front because they didn't have the rights from Paramount to use the image of the Enterprise on the cover of the book. Isn't that crazy? But Star Trek The New Voyages came out. Uh, it was originally published in, I believe, 1975, 76. Originally published in 76. Uh, and so that would have been again, seven years after Star Trek had gone off the air, the animated series had come and gone, and there was just this huge gulf of no Star Trek. Now, the reason I love Star Trek, I mean, besides the fact that uh, it was, you know, just fun science fiction growing up as a kid, and again, it went into syndication when I was very young, Used to catch it on, you know, Channel 17 late at night. We would watch the episodes. I think I've seen all 79 of them. I do have my favorite episodes. I have my least favorite episodes. And I have episodes that, while I don't think they may be great television, were important messages. I have some that were not really good Star Trek stories, but really good television. There's all kind of things about that original series of Star Trek that, I admire and I enjoy. Um, and obviously, the characters were great. Um, now, I know everybody says, you know, William Shatner, his acting is over the top. Uh, Leonard Nimoy, who is he? You know, besides Spock, he never did anything, although that's not true. Uh, DeForest Kelly is Dr. McCoy, great character. What did he do? He's actually from Atlanta, uh, where I'm from, uh, and was in a lot of westerns back in the, the 50s. So <clears throat> DeForest Kelly was a really an important actor uh, in his own time. So all of these guys who are in this series were, were really good actors. They brought those characters to life. And in the first season and, and the second season, but the first season especially, the writing uh, was incredible. Gene Roddenberry, the creator of the show, actually was doing most of the writing. Other They would send in their their screenplays, and then he would take them and rework them to make sure that the characters were right. And that's why you have this really, really strong character development in that first series, uh, the first season. So Star Trek is just, to me, such a great, great show and a great idea. And, and it's been, of course, all the iterations, you know, Next Generation and Voyager and Deep Space Nine and Enterprise were all great. All of the films... Uh, were, were good in their own right, you know, I mean, some better than others, obviously. Uh, there was the J.J. Abrams reboot, which was great. Uh, and then today, of course, you have, uh, you know, the, the new Star Trek that's out there on the CBS streaming service, Picard and, and Star Trek uh, Beyond or something. I can't 
I haven't really watched that one because I don't want to pay CBS money just to be able to stream a Star Trek show. I think that's stupid. But I'm old. What do I know? And nothing that's ever been done touches that original 79 episodes released between 1966 and 1969. They were so topical. They were so outlandish. They were so colorful. They were so fun. And uh, I just love Star Trek. And I was so excited when I discovered that there was Star Trek out there. There was Star Trek to be found, Star Trek to be enjoyed. And so I want to share with you, uh, again, Star Trek, The New Voyages, and just tell you why I love this book. I read this book at least once a year, uh, and I'll explain it all when we come back. Stick with me. It gets more interesting than it's already been. So Star Trek The New Voyages is a really fascinating uh, book. It's um, actually fan fiction. The stories, it's a series, a collection of short stories that are written by fans in what they call fanzines. And the editors of the book went out, found what they thought were the very best fan fiction, and they paid for them and collected them into this book. It's got a forward by Gene Roddenberry, and each story is actually introduced by a different uh, one of the um, members of the cast. So Leonard Nimoy, uh, Nichelle Nichols, James Duhon, Major Barrett Roddenberry, George Takei, uh, and then we have DeForest Kelly and um, William Shatner actually all coming in and introducing the short stories. And so that's kind of fun to read them. And again, this is published in 1976. So in 1976, uh, the whole uh, Star Trek convention thing is just really beginning to happen. Everybody's beginning to understand what a cultural impact Star Trek had had. And so this was a a fun time, and it's a great uh, piece of Star Trek history to read these introductions and to uh, see what they were saying anyway. It's a great book. Uh, the first story is a story called Nivar, uh, introduced by Leonard Nimoy. Uh, in that story, uh, uh, Mr. Spock uh, is taken and uh, is separated into his human half and his Vulcan half, and all of the things that happen uh, in that process of, of reintegrating. It's, it's based a lot on the story of the enemy within, where Kirk is split like that, where you have the good Kirk and the bad Kirk. I remember he uh, tries to uh, rape um, uh, his um, Yeoman Rand. Yeoman Rand, that was her name. Uh, So that was an interesting episode, and this one kind of makes a lot of reference to that really good story. James Duhon introduces the next story. It's called Intersection Point. And this one, the Enterprise... Uh, runs into a temporal disturbance uh, and they lose a major part of their engine. It kind of goes into this this uh, white space that's there. They can't move and so they have to send somebody in to try to find this, this piece he gets in. His mind is scrambled by the things that happen uh, and then it's 
you know, turns in that that our universe and an alternate universe have intersected at this point, and uh, the reality in that other universe is so different that we can't understand it. It's a really cool piece of science fiction. It's very hard fiction. It's all about uh, the technology of Star Trek, and so it makes it really, really interesting. Uh, the next one is The Enchanted Pool. Uh, that one is introduced by Nichelle Nichols, who played Lieutenant Uhura on the show. And uh, in this one, Mr. Spock, uh, there's, there's a weapon, this super weapon that's missing. The Klingons are trying to get this weapon. And so Mr. Spock uh, actually takes a shuttlecraft down, trying to find uh, this landing party from another Star Trek, uh, another universe, another, uh, another ship. Not the Enterprise, but another Federation ship uh, has got this thing. And he goes down, and uh, he gets there, and this nymph comes out and begins trying to seduce him. It's a, it's a really, really interesting story that's got a really cool twist for an ending. I'm not going to give it away because you should read this book and you should read this story and enjoy it. Uh, there was a lot, apparently, a lot of fan fiction at the time uh, that was built around Mr. Spock's sexuality, this very calm, collected, uh, logical person uh, apparently drove the women crazy. And so the ladies would write these uh, steamy stories about, you know, getting on with Mr. Spock. This is not one of those, but it kind of has those overtones, so it's interesting. Uh, the next story is introduced by uh, Major Barrett Roddenberry. Major Barrett, of course, played Nurse Chapel in the series. She also played number one in the first pilot called The Cage. Uh, that one uh, was split into two parts. It was the two-parter that came out in the middle of the first season when they basically desperately needed a script. They needed some something to fill in. Their production was behind. And uh, so they went in and they came up with a two-part episode by taking the original pilot that was never shown, never released, chopping it up, and just kind of uh, recording a little bit of filler around that uh, and not wasting that film. So... Uh, but The Cage was a very interesting take on Star Trek. It was Roddenberry's first try at it. And as far as I know, Star Trek is the only television show that ever had one pilot, a lot of money poured into it, that the network said, eh, we don't really get it, but we kind of like the concept, so here's some more money, go do it again. And they went and did it again. And uh, so they have this, uh, the next pilot, uh, Jeffrey Hunter had left by that time. William Shatner comes in as Captain Kirk. Uh, the, it's called Where No Man Has Gone Before. It's a great episode, uh, but they took that, the cage, and they used that in the two-parter called The Menagerie. So pretty interesting stuff. Anyway, um, and then uh, Majel Barrett married Gene Roddenberry. That's where the Roddenberry comes from, and she introduces this story, Visit to a Weird Planet Revisited. And that's kind of fascinating because the whole gist of this story is that Bill Shatner and James Duhon and Leonard Nimoy and DeForest Kelly are shooting an episode of Star Trek, step up onto the transporter, and they find themselves actually transported to the Starship Enterprise. Uh, it's paying homage to another fan story called uh, Strange, A Visit to a Weird Planet, where Captain Kirk and Dr. McCoy and Mr. Spock and Mr. Scott get into the transporter, find themselves on a television set in the 1960s. So I've never read that story. I would love to. 
but the story is actually delightful. It's a lot of fun, and it's one that you definitely need to read, so you should do that. The next one, introduced by George Takei, is called The Face on the Barroom Floor. <clears throat> it's a shore leaf story. Mr. Sulu and Captain Kirk uh, go down to this planet, kind of a Wild West planet, and shenanigans happen. A lot of fun things go on, and we get to explore the human side of James T. Kirk as he goes and blows off a little steam and finds himself in real trouble because he loses his communicator. So don't miss that story. It's a good one. Uh, DeForest, uh, let's see, Sonia Marshak and Myrna Culbreth, who are the editors of this book, uh, they were actually the ladies who started, they, they held, put on the first Star Trek convention. So they are very integral in Star Trek pop culture. Uh, Sandra Marshak, Myrna Culbreth, and they introduced The Hunting. And uh, this is one where uh, McCoy and Spock beam down to this planet. Spock is trying to go through some Vulcan ritual. Uh, he has to go and mind meld with a like a, a saber-toothed tiger kind of thing. And craziness happens, and it's a really good Dr. McCoy story as McCoy has to deal with the crazy things that are going on with Spock. Anyway, really cool story. You'll like it. The next one is DeForest Kelly. Uh, Dr. McCoy introduces the Winged Dreamers, and the Winged Dreamers is... It is a, it's just delightful. It's it's a fantastic story. There's a really cool twist to it, and it's it reminds me of Shore Leave, the the episode Shore Leave. Uh, they're down on a planet, and strange things are happening. And it's the least likely suspect is actually the culprit and the reason for all the problems. So um, I won't give it away. Again, you have to read the story, but uh, it is a really really neat story. The last one introduced by William Shatner is called Mind Sifter. Uh, and this one, um, Shatner, uh, the Klingons are trying to learn the secret of the Guardian of Forever. If you know anything about Star Trek, the Guardian of Forever is the big donut thing uh, that McCoy gets back and then Kirk and Spock have to go back in time and Edith Keeler gets killed. Uh, it's the City on the Edge of Forever, the episode, uh, which is considered by most and really everyone to be the very best Star Trek episode ever produced. Um, so the Klingons are trying to figure out what's going on with that. They take Kirk, they use this thing called the Mind Sifter. It's a torture device. They're trying to get information out of him. They, they basically just break his brain. And then he escapes somehow, jumps into uh, the Guardian of Forever, disappears back into the past, <clears throat> and then um, he's in uh, a mental ward somewhere in the United States back in the like the 40s or 50s or something and Spock and McCoy trying to figure out where he's at it's a really really uh, gritty uh, story it's one of those that as you read it uh, it's uncomfortable um, it ends fine uh, it's again not canon in any way so <coughs> it didn't really happen in the Star Trek universe um, but it's a really, really interesting story, and it's interesting to see what can be done with these characters uh, if somebody just has the idea and the liberty to do it. And so that is Star Trek The New Voyages. Again, uh, Bantam put out, I think there's about 15 Bantam books. 
uh, and then uh, another publisher took over. As far as I know, there's probably 150, 200 Star Trek books out there. They're everywhere. There's all kind of books. Some of them are great. Some of them are terrible. I will go through all the Bantam books at some time and just give you a rating what I think of them. Uh, I will commit to read them all again because there's some of them I haven't read in a long time because, quite frankly, the first time I read them, I thought they were awful. So I'll try some of them again. Some of them are actually interesting. Some of them are disturbing, and some of them are great. So uh, we'll do that at some future time. But luckily, there was a movie called Star Wars that was going to come out in 1977, 1978. Star Trek The Motion Picture is going to come around. And uh, even though it was not the best film, it led to Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan, which is a fantastic movie, and everything that happened after that. So Star Trek was not dead, but there was that period of time between the show, the animated show, which was very short-lived, but award-winning. It won an Emmy, actually. And the movies where there was this incredible um, written Star Trek that was going on, these great books that were happening. They were a lot of fun. And Star Trek The New Voyages is the best of them, of all of them that I've ever read. I love this book. I encourage you, find you a copy. You can probably go on Alibris or Amazon, get one for a couple of bucks. Can't imagine that it's terribly expensive. So I've never paid more than a couple of bucks for one at a used bookstore. If I find them, I buy them just because I give them away. I like them that much. Anyway, that is The Eclectic Monk, the first Star Trek episode that I have done. My favorite Star Trek book. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that uh, you'll go out and find this book or find some Star Trek books. Enjoy it. If you don't like Star Trek, well, I'm sorry. You need to go back and try again because it really is it really is great. Um, and... There's so much to explore in it. I could do nothing but a Star Trek podcast probably for the rest of my life, and we wouldn't get through all of it, but I won't do that to you. Anyway, I appreciate you. Uh, Again, I do have the uh, stickers are in, so I'll show you those. There's the stickers. They're in. I have those. Uh, If you're interested in that, please go to my website, www.theeclecticmonk.com. And you'll go in, uh, you can reach out to me through email, give me an address. I will mail you one of these. Uh, a couple of them, actually, I got a thousand, so I can you know, afford to throw a couple of your way. And I will be glad also for my first nine people who request a sticker, I will send you along something that's also uh, unique, personal, and special. So I encourage you and invite you to do that. And so that is the episode. Until we meet again, fellow travelers, travel well. Uh, And all nine of you, I hope you have a great day. Live long and prosper. Until we meet again, God bless you. Have a great day. So I really do appreciate you uh, watching this episode. That's right, I said watching this episode because if you go to www.theeclecticmonk.com you will find on the homepage a link for video podcast. And episode number 33 is the first video podcast. You can watch the magic happen right there on YouTube. So don't miss out on that. 
if you're just listening, again, I sure appreciate it. Hope that you'll share this podcast. Hope that you'll rate it. Hope that you will give me some feedback. Tell me if you liked it. Tell me if you hate it. Uh, and just let me know that you're out there. If you're interested, I have the stickers. They're here. Again, if you'll go to the website, send me some contact information, I will send you uh, some stickers. And if you will give me uh, your mailing address and you're one of the first nine to do so, I will send you also something unique and special that is made just for you. So until we meet again, thanks so much. And please keep traveling well. God bless.